Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. And you are our host, the listeners. Do they host us? Why do they call it a host? I never understood that. It's, it's like, it seems like a party host or something. Mm, I don't know. I mean, we can't really say DJ because we're not playing music. We can't say we're not jockeying master discs. of ceremonies. We're not jockeying discs. I never understood the difference difference between MC and DJ. MC is like master of ceremonies. DJ is, disc, like you said, disc jockey. MC might be more of a broad term. for Because like, like that could work for like a TV game show. That could work for like a, a ceremony. Like, you know. But a DJ is almost like a specific type of MC. So we could be MCs because even though we don't yeah. just consistently play music, we ceremonialize things, I guess. So I forgot how this came up, Peter, but I found out very recently that um, everybody's fa- favorite martial arts actor slash comedian, uh, Jackie Chan apparently has a prolific music career, and so I had to research this, and it's true, he does. When you said this to me, I I was completely blindsided by it, because I, I never knew that. Right? Like, you would think that in America, since he's so famous here, he'd be just yeah. as famous for the fact that he can sing as the fact that he can act and do martial arts. And it's possible that you'll get into it, but maybe that's the reason why we haven't heard of it, is because he doesn't necessarily release music in the States. Very true. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it a bit, but it does seem like a lot of his music is much more um, uh, focused in East Asia, uh, China, Japan, whatnot. But for those of you that don't know who Jackie Chan is, which I don't know why you wouldn't, um, he is a Hong Kong-based uh, martial artist, actor, stuntman, film director, action choreographer, screenwriter, and producer. And musician. And, he's no- and, mu- and musician. Uh, he's definitely known in the the world of cinema for his kind of slapstick acrobatic fighting style. Uh, his, he has really good comedic timing when it comes to like physicality and stuff. Um, his use of improvised weapons and fight scenes. And he's been a huge innovator in movies when it comes to stunt work, hmm. which he pretty much always performs himself. There's fun stories of like back when he was mostly filming in China and Hong Kong of him just like straight up breaking bones and stuff doing stunts Jeez. it says he is trained in wushu and kung fu as well as hapkido and he's been acting since the 1960s appearing in over 150 films wow i didn't know he had started that early yeah i didn't i know he, i know he i mean one of the first films i saw him in was probably like mid 70s i think yeah but yeah i didn't i didn't realize he was acting that young because oh. how old is he he is 66 so if he was born in 54, he was pretty much acting since almost childhood. Right. Or at nice. least teenage, teenagerdom. So yeah, he's he has a huge, huge list of movies. Um, Back in, when we were at Chapman, and I had my kung fu movie phase when I was just watching a bunch of old kung fu movies, <laughs> I found his movie um, Drunken Master, which I think was filmed in like the late 70s yeah 1978 um and it's it's much more comedic sort of it the whole the whole joke of it is he's a decent fighter but he when he gets drunk he fights much better oh so that's funny 
it's like this comedic sort of slapstick of like he's drunk and just stumbling around but still beating the crap out of bad guys that sounds really fun (laughs) yeah if you ever get to watch it i definitely recommend it Hmm. i think it has a sequel called like drunken master 2 which i think is actually a little bit better than the first one but yeah his old comedy kung fu movies were were really good I mean, obviously, a lot of people know him from, like, what, Rush Hour, uh, Shanghai Noon, or whatever that was. A lot of movies in the 90s. Um, Jackie Chan Adventures. Yes. Wasn't that a cartoon? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. So, yeah, a lot of people in the States obviously know him uh, for all of his, you know, movies he did here. But the fact that we don't know that he is a singer, I think, is mostly attributed to the fact that... A lot of his songs are sung in uh, Cantonese, mm. Mandarin, and I think he sings some songs in Japanese as well to kind of reach that audience. So not a lot of English songs. Um, yeah. Apparently, he got vocal lessons while he was at the Peking Opera School that he attended in childhood, and he began recording records uh, professionally in the 1980s. And basically has become a very successful singer in Hong Kong and Asia, like I said. Hmm. He's recorded 20 albums since 1984, which have been performed in Cantonese, Mandarin, Japanese, Taiwanese, and English. So he he does have some songs in English, as we'll see. It kind of blew my mind to know that he has 20 albums. Like, I never even guessed that he would have had one. Right? I mean, he has 150 films. Why not have 20 albums, I guess? I guess so. Um... The way he kind of got his start singing professionally is he would sing the theme songs or the closing credit songs for mm. a lot of the um, kung fu movies he was in. Mm. So in the in the late seventies and eighties, you know, China was just as enthralled with uh, American music as we were. So you know, <laughs> disco, funk, all that stuff was yeah. popular over there. So their films would often have like this kind of funky underpinning to them, huh. um, kind of reflective of the popularity of American music at the time. He, yeah, he would often just record or write and and produce the songs for the movies he he acted in, just as kind of a, I don't know, not side gig. I'm sure he got paid for it and stuff too, but kind of as a way to cross promote himself, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess the first major film that he did that on is a film he was in called Kung Fu Fighting Man, which I have not seen. But apparently this song is recorded entirely in English, which is kind of fun. Mm. And so this song, Kung Fu Fighting Man, it comes from a film he was in in 1980 called uh, The Young Master. So the song is called Kung Fu Fighting Man, but the movie was Young Master? Yes. Okay. So yeah, this was like the first kind of major success I guess, uh, he had songwriting wise let's play a little clip of kung fu fighting man from uh, sung by jackie chan from his movie young master so if you see me coming you better not step in my way is fun right it's kind of funky yeah i mean if you didn't tell me the year i probably could have guessed it within a couple of years just because yeah. of like how that has that signature sound oh yeah it's definitely very kind of sort of disco-y i guess yeah but yeah he's singing in english he sounds pretty good 
obviously, you know, in 1980, since English isn't his first language, he kind of, you know, has the cultural barrier, I guess. Mm. So, yeah, that was kind of his first um, sort of breakout hit song uh, from one of his early movies. He would go on to basically do this for a lot of the films that he was in um, throughout the 80s. One of the biggest um, uh, kung fu series that he um, was the star of was a uh, series of movies called Police Story. It was like Police Story, Police Story 2, blah, blah, blah. The original Police Story was actually, uh, it was done in 1985. It was written and directed by him. Uh, he obviously plays the lead. And he plays a Hong Kong police detective named Chan Kai Kaki? Kai Ki? I, I, yeah. And I remember, this is another movie I'd kind of recommend you watch, Peter, because the uh, action scenes in this movie are just like absolutely ridiculous. Like, some of them are like so dangerous looking that they probably couldn't get away with some of this stuff today. Right. Uh, especially for how big of an actor he is now. But yeah, it's it kind of takes the... Uh, the kung fu movies that he normally would do and just kind of expands them into like full-on action movies with explosions mm-hmm. car chases interesting and so since he obviously wrote and directed the original police story he had to write the song for it as well which he ended up calling uh hero story um which this is funny the song was so popular that the Royal Hong Kong police would actually go on to use the song in their recruitment videos. Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> like about a decade later in 1994. It's kind so, of like um, the, the Navy with the village people. Kinda, kinda. Yeah. So yeah, play story, huge film for him came out in 1985. Um, let's, let's listen to the theme song for it. It's called hero story. <laughs> this is really fun i uh it it sounds like it it sounds like the theme song to like a a saturday morning cartoon or something i was thinking that i'm like i'm like I know this is totally crossing cultures, but it sounds like like the theme song for like an eighty like a nineteen eighties anime. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like exactly what I was imagining in my head. Um, that's pretty funny. So that was in nineteen eighty five, and then while also you know producing songs for his movies, he also would just you know produce full on albums of his own as well. And so in order to reach a wider audience outside of just China, he would often sing songs in Japanese to um, reach the very lucrative Japanese music market. And so he uh, produced an album in 1986 called Shangri-La, where he sings a lot of the songs in Japanese. There's a couple I think he sings in English on that album, but it's mostly in Japanese. Um, And he sings in that album a duet with another very famous uh, Chinese singer named Anita Mui, who was so popular at the time in China and Southeast Asia as a whole uh, that she was called the Madonna of the East. <laughs> huh. I never heard of her, but I guess she passed away in like 2002 or 2003. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Um, oh, that feels like a long time ago. <laughs> I know, right? So apparently she passed away kind of young. Yeah, she passed away at like 40. That's kind of sad. Oh, wow. So yeah, obviously they, they sung this duet um, in the... 80s so let's play a little clip of one of the songs uh that i found from this uh album it's called be like a storm 
uh, featuring Anita Mui and Jackie Chan. This sounds uh, pretty much on par with uh, lovey R&B duets that you'd get in this time. Exactly. Uh, in the West, certainly. Uh, it sounds like they did something very similar there as well. Yeah, I think they were definitely kind of capitalizing off the popularity of duets in the 80s. But yeah, you can see from the YouTube video I linked you, Peter, in the album cover, um, it's it's in Japanese in the corner. So yeah, they were definitely targeting Japan with this particular album. So basically, yeah, this kind of would go on for a long time throughout the 80s, where he was producing stuff in Cantonese, Japanese, kind of just reveling in, you know, the musical su- success he had in Southeast Asia. In 1998, a little uh, Disney movie came out called Mulan. There was a song in that movie uh, that went on to become very famous called Be a Man. It's a catchy song. It's really good. So apparently, uh, Jackie Chan did a rendition of the song in Chinese, where in the music video for it, he's just waving around a bamboo stick, singing Be a Man in, I don't know if it's Cantonese or Mandarin. We'll just say the Chinese version of Be a Man is called Sai An Man. But the, I wish you guys could see the music video for this because it's almost better than just listening to the song. Mm. Uh, but let's play a little clip of it. <laughs> Part of the reason that they they tied him into that was because in the Chinese dub of the original Mulan from 1998, he voiced the uh, character Shang, which is the love interest. Oh, okay. So I guess they wanted to kind of do a tie-in because he probably sang the song in the movie when they dubbed over it in Chinese. Right. Okay. The next thing I wanted to talk about, I just wanted to play a clip of it because it's ridiculous. Um, I was trying to go through some old interviews of his to see if I could find him really talking about his music career. Hmm. Uh, At least in America, he really doesn't talk about it much. Maybe that's part of the reason that a lot of Americans don't know that he's got a bunch of albums is he kind of doesn't really talk about it much in interviews with American outlets. Hmm. Well, Um, people probably don't even know to ask him about it, honestly. Well, I'm sure like... I'm sure when they do research, you know, on what questions to ask when, you know, they come, I'm sure it comes yeah. up. It has to. Maybe it's more just like, we don't talk to him about it. We don't want him to kill us. But if they have 60 seconds to talk about his latest movie, they're not going to be like, hey, so yeah. in the 80s, you had this album. <laughs> that's No, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Um, he's kind of the, just there to plug whatever movie he's doing. Exactly. Yeah. I did find, however, a interview in 2002 that he did with Conan O'Brien. I don't know exactly what caused this to come up but he broke out into um i feel good by james brown i feel good i know that i wouldn't i feel good i know that i wouldn't so good so good i got you That has nothing to do with anything other than I thought it was hilarious. Well, um, it's a good example of him uh, 
mentioning his music career in the States, I guess. Yeah. Or true. at least showing his musical prowess. Yeah. I was trying to th- I was trying to figure out like, wait, what movie came out in two thousand two that he was doing like a press junket, but you know, he was in tons of movies back then, so who knows? Mm. But it's nice to know he can have fun. Okay. So basically by the early two thousands, Jackie Chan's music career kind of started to wane a little bit. I think as he became more popular in America and started doing a lot of American films, he kind of his um mm. Chinese singing career kind of took a back seat. However, in 2008, they had the Olympics in Beijing, and Beijing is in China. Uh, fun fact, <laughs> listeners. Fun fact. So apparently, to help promote China and the Beijing Olympics, they brought Jackie in to do some songs uh, that I think were played during like the opening ceremony broadcasts. Um, I bet they had MCs there. <laughs> So, yeah, apparently Jackie did some stuff to help, you know, I don't know, promote China during the opening ceremony. He even did, like, a sort of duet with this guy. I didn't really, I couldn't really find his name, but I guess he was, like, the Chinese version of Justin Bieber. He was super popular pop singer in China. Huh. So, yeah, him and him and that guy kind of did a sort of duet. Hmm. And it's just, it's, it's just filed under the 2008 Beijing Olympics song. So yeah, it's just like them singing overlaid with like Chinese history footage and stuff. Hmm. Let's play a little clip of it so you guys can kind of understand what the hell I'm talking about. So there seems to be at least four different people in this song, from what I can tell, because there's a lady as well. As, yeah, I assume yeah. they're all different famous Chinese singers who I don't know. Right. In recent years, kind of between then and now, Jackie Chan's gotten a little bit of flack because despite the fact that he is from Hong Kong, he has, mm-hmm. in interviews, uh, stuck up for and praised the Chinese Communist Party, even despite the crackdowns that they have had recently in Hong Kong since... Uh, basically taking it back from England. I mean, you know, his opinions are his opinions, and that's fine, but a lot of people in the West kind of were, like, giving him a bit of side-eye, just like, we thought you were Mm. cool, man. So, yeah, that's also a thing. Mm. Uh, Basically, in 2004, there was a presidential election in Taiwan, which, for those of you that don't know, Taiwan doesn't consider itself part of China, but China does. Oh, yeah, yeah very complicated um and in 2004 the democratic progressive party were re-elected and the the their their party as opposed to the i guess more right-leaning party in taiwan is very much for uh, taiwanese independence and basically trying to separate itself from china as much as it can without causing a war mm. And I guess Jackie Chan criticized the fact that they won, calling it, quote, the biggest joke in the world. So hmm. he was not happy that the Taiwanese people elected people that said, hey, we don't want to be part of China anymore. So, yeah, that's still kind of contentious. Right. It also says in December 2012, he caused outrage when he criticized Hong Kong as a, quote, city of protest, suggesting that demonstrators' rights in Hong Kong should be limited. So, so he sounds like he's on the the china mainland train for the most part yeah kind of unfortunately 
And I, I think a lot of people have criticized him for that because being, you know, such an, a huge American star as he is, you'd, right. he could have some positive sway on public opinion in China if he, you know, was a bit more vocal against the government. But who knows? They'd probably still kill him. <laughs> I'm sure as a celebrity, it's probably more complicated than we realize, too. Yeah, yeah. They can't just go spouting off whatever it's like. He'll never film in China again. His movies will never be played in China again. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a balance. I I get that. So yeah, that's that's a bit of a dark mark on Jackie Chan's luminous career. Speaking so, of Jackie Chan, speaking <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Jackie Chan, um, <laughs> he is he is still making music pretty much to this day, even though he took a. a pretty big hiatus in the 2000s in uh 2018 he released he released his first album in over 17 years and it's in uh cantonese and so one of the tracks that i wanted to play from the album called thank you my love um is a song that he actually dedicated to his wife joanne or joan i don't know Hmm. it was composed by a famous chinese composer named jay chow um, the album itself contains songs that are dedicated to uh, different people in his life, uh, his parents, his wife, his son. Oh, so the whole album of, is songs of appreciation for different people? Yeah, pretty much. Interesting. Dedicated to members of his stunt team that he's worked with over the years. <laughs> I guess he was quoted in an interview as saying, quote, I've never been a good lover, but my wife has been able to see enough good in me to cancel out the bad. She has given way more in this relationship than I have, and to have met her is the greatest blessing in my life. Hmm. So basically, he admits, like, "Hey, I'm a shitty, I'm a shitty husband," <laughs> but she's still here. It's uh, you, you don't really get music like this often, if ever, just of like being overtly addressing like specific people, you know? Kind of true, yeah. I was thinking that like if you're if you're making an album about people in your life you know with songs about people in your life um, mm-hmm. for one I feel like that's a lot of pressure to make sure that you make something that you know Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that does these people justice but especially if you're making one for your wife like <laughs> you gotta spend a lot of time on that one to make sure that it goes over well very true so yeah that was um thank you my love which was dedicated to his wife hopefully she liked it and didn't divorce him if she's listening she can tell us on facebook at facebook.com slash get your funk i um do they have facebook in china Maybe they do now. I don't no. know. Uh, not that I'm aware of. I uh, So I have, a, I have a couple of comments to make, I guess, as we wrap up this conversation. Um, mm-hmm. For one, it's interesting that he kind of took a break from the late 90s into the late 20-teens. Mm-hmm. Because, I, you know, as pretty much everyone knows, you know, that there was such a huge transformation in the music industry during that time. In, in terms of basically moving to digital and the explosion of streaming, you know, and all that, like 
there, if he had been active musically in that time, you know, there were definitely opportunities for, you know, distribution in very various ways. So I'm not going to speculate like, oh, this could have happened or whatever. It's just interesting that during that pivotal time in music um, was also the time when he, when he was taking a break. Very good point. Uh, fun fact that I just looked up, uh, he is on Spotify. Oh, nice. If you if you want to listen to him. However, all of his song titles are in um, Chinese, and I can't read them. <laughs> Interesting. I, I guess the other... The, the other comment I was going to make kind of, kind of touching earlier on something we were discussing of like, Oh, why does, why hasn't he really talked about his music much mm-hmm. in America? I'm curious if there's something to do with, and, and of course this is complete speculation, but like, do you think that could be partly because people wouldn't take him as seriously if like, or at least he fears that, you know maybe um or because you could say like oh if he's working more in the west these days why doesn't he just start singing more in english to to expand upon his appeal release more music out here but maybe he just doesn't maybe he's just not as comfortable singing in english he's more comfortable in his native language because i mean i will admit most of the, the songs that i think sounded the best were the ones that he sung in um Cantonese or Mandarin, right? As opposed to some of his English uh, songs, it, it could just be like he's you know not personal comfort level. Yeah, he's not as comfortable singing in English, so he wouldn't feel he'd be able to break out here. Or maybe it's a thing, or like he feels more passionate about singing in his native language versus like Americanizing it, basically. Exactly. Yeah, kind of like you know he's he's steeped in you know the Chinese way of approaching music and singing right which in many ways can obviously be different from you know uh, western style of singing i guess right well if you were as surprised as we are about jackie chan's music career you can tell us on facebook as we've said probably about eight times in this episode <laughs> uh, at, at facebook.com slash get your funk or if you'd rather um search other episodes that we've done in the past you can go to get your um I suppose the most similar episode we've done to something like this was the time we discovered that Shaq had a music career. True. That's up there. Uh, We're also on Google Play. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. So lots of opportunities for you listeners to be listeners. And for us to be MCs. Uh, So yeah, we hope you enjoyed this little fun tidbit about Jackie Chan's music career. If you want to listen to more of his music, you can find most of it on Spotify. Hopefully you can read Chinese or maybe have it converted somehow. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this has been your host, Kyle. And this has been your Kung Fu fighting man, Peter. (laughs) This has been your be a man. No, that doesn't work. Um, This has been your man, Kyle. I'm going to go get some Szechuan sauce from McDonald's for my chicken nuggies. And... (laughs) I will see the listeners later. Bye. We love you. Bye.